Hello everyone and welcome back to Curiosity Killed the Rat. We have got a very special episode today as it is the last episode we have for the season for the year. So we're trying to bring you something somewhat holiday themed to bring out the end 2022 electric boogaloo. Um, Before (laughs) I go any further and introduce um, my co-host and our lovely guest for today, I just wanted to say that I'm recording from lands um, whose traditional custodians are the Noongar people. And that brings me over to you. (laughs) <laughs> to Cade, <me. laughs> I was like, to who? To me? Oh, that's right. I figured I'm rather than trying to on this show. <laughs> trying to rather than trying to come up with nonsensical adjectives, I just keep it simple, <laughs> keep it short, yeah. keep it sweet, keep it simple, stupid. No, that's that's actually that's very fair. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm here. I'm Cade. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Regular scientist on this show. I am a neuroscientist and I am recording from lands traditionally owned by the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I am super hyped for this episode, holiday themed episode, because we are going to be talking all about sunscreen, the science of sunscreen. Because, well, look, folks, we're, we're in Australia, we're down here, where it is summer. I know other parts of the world normally associated with this time of year and these holidays, um, it's not necessarily summer, but that here it is. That do be how hemispheres work. Yeah, yeah. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna really rub our Aussie in your face today. Um, talk about sunscreen. And so because of that, we have special friend of the show at this point. <laughs> it's been a while since you've been on, though. Hey. It has been. Um, Katriona, welcome Hello. back. It's a delight to be back. It's a yes. delight to have you back. Absolutely. So, <laughs> I mean, for people who haven't listened to your previous episodes on the show, I just first of all want to say go listen to them. They're great. They're <laughs> phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for those folks or, you know, for folks who may have forgotten, do you want to just, who are you? And, like, why have we gotten you here today to talk about sunscreen? Well, I'm Katrina and I'm an immunology researcher in mm. Melbourne. So I'm also recording from the lands of the Wurundjeri people. Um, and it, I, I do a lot of different things. Um, but in my immunology research, I, um, I study allergic reactions to sunscreens and medicines and other skincare products. And that's mm-hmm. all because of a story that I'll tell later. Yes, yes. This is a great story. This is going to be one of the best, like, you know, so why do you study what you study kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> scenarios? How, what is sunscreen and how the hell does it work? <laughs> I mean, cut to the chase. When I, because honestly, I have little to no idea how sunscreen does what it does. Probably the extent of my knowledge goes to an ad by the Cancer Council. I would have seen yonkles ago, a distant Yonk. memory of how um, they they had a special camera on someone that showed like how UV light affects them. And they mm. showed one person without wearing sunscreen and one person who was wearing sunscreen with this UV camera. And the person who was wearing sunscreen basically looked like they had black paint all over their bodies. It was almost like it was somehow rendering them invisible to the UV light, despite that obviously yeah. not showing on the on the visual spectrum. Um, it's so effective. Like, you know, that's just ingrained in my head as well, like mm. all those video campaigns. Mm. And, like, you see when they apply the stripes, like just yeah. stripes of sunscreen. It's yeah. like, bam, the, black like, lines on their face. 
like the half someone who does like half mm. their face and it's like half and half. It's like, well, what? we'll we'll find these videos or at least one of them and post mm. them in the in the description Chuck so y'all can know what we're talking about because yeah, we often absolutely. like to reference visual things in an audio medium. But hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Look. So maybe is it a yeah. good idea to start? off with like what is uv yeah that's what i was gonna say like you know because that's that's the thing you know matt you flagged that uv is the thing that sunscreen kind of protects you from but sunscreen like is is the sun just uv like what's uv why is it bad yeah like what are we yeah that's a good place to start um because yeah like what is harmful about sunlight um like why Sorry, what are you saying, Matt? Your understanding? UV light is just a faster wavelength of light, right? It's, you know, on the spectrum of light with really long wavelengths going to really short wavelengths, you've got the visible spectrum kind of in the middle. We put it yep. in the middle because that's mm-hmm. where we base our perceptions. But, you know, that's in the middle. And then mm. just below the visible spectrum of light with really long wavelengths, you've got infrared. And then just above the visible spectrum, above violet, you have ultraviolet. So it's just really, really fast light that's too fast for our eyes to pick up. And I guess it also hurts us yeah yeah it definitely does <laughs> <laughs> it, it also hurts us it um, does. but yeah that's like ultraviolet exactly it just sits ultra above you know extra to the violet which is that sort of top um it could be a, wavelengths. a good distinction to make for some of our listeners like the the difference between because when some people think of a UV light, I'd imagine they think of, you know, glow in the dark stuff. You've got well, one of I those. I was going to say purple. That, yeah. Because like black lights. Mm. Yeah. Often yeah. Look that's, purple. that's what I mean. Mm. Yeah. So what, what's the distinction between a black light and glow in the dark shit and the stuff from the sun that cooks us? Well, with those black lights, essentially they're like created so that we can just see a little bit of that purple. So, like, the purple's mm. right next it to the... It kind of the bleeds into the, um, yeah, purple visual part. Because, like, no sort of thing of light is going to be just one wavelength. That's the mm. thing as well, right? Yeah. Like, most things, they, you'll see those curves, right, of mm. what something emits. You'll see it'll have a spike, mm. it'll have a peak, where it's, like, most of the light is this certain wavelength, and so we sort of see it as this colour. But there's, mm. there's going to be combinations and... You know, that's also making it really simple because things have different peaks and, you know, th- way, way, way throwback to an episode that we did all about colour. Um, oh, yeah. If you want to go back and kind of get a primer on, like, how that works. And then, yeah, the ultraviolet is, yeah, it's not necessarily different to the tail end of what those UV shiny lights um, are emitting. But what you see is is purple um but in terms of it being damaging it's all about like amount right Mm. um well also the different types so like you know as as you said Cade, like mm. you don't just get one wavelength and ultraviolet just like visible light Mm. covers a whole range of colors that we can see Mm. uv light also covers um you know different i guess we we call them and we call them like we give them letters, right? So it's yeah. UVA, UVB, and UVC instead yeah, right. of like red, blue, green, because yep. you know that's just language convention. Um, <laughs> yeah, and those, <laughs> yeah, and those different those different wavelengths cause different types of damage to the skin. Yeah, correct. So I think like UVC. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is UVC is the one that doesn't get 
through to us because the ozone yeah. layer blocks it out. So, like, if yeah. you're out it's in like outer space, worst, it'll cook you. Mm. But yeah. it doesn't get us. <laughs> so, astronauts, watch out. But oh, yeah. So much radiation in space. We have an ozone layer, um, thankfully still. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that'll protect the, yeah, the really, really strong one. And then so the next one down is the UVB, mm-hmm. which – uh, is the one that causes sunburn, I believe, or like yeah. predominantly yep. causes the really bad sunburn. And, and I tanning. Think, yeah, and glass blocks it mostly or reflects it, right? I think mm. I heard that glass, you're kind of, so if you're behind a window, you're protected from this UVB, but then UVA, which is the weaker one, does get through glass and kind of goes deeper into your mm. skin and causes like wrinkles. It does. Um, it does get deeper into your skin and there's more evidence about the fact that it also creates DNA damage. So what it does is it, um, Mm. you know, it does get further into your skin and it causes cell stress. So you've got, you know, lots of, um, Mm. you've got lots of dead cells on your skin, um, but the further down you go, you've got lots of healthy living cells. And so the fact that UVA goes down deeper, it means that it's impacting all of those living cells and Mm. it stresses them out. They're causing, like they're creating toxic molecules so they're even causing themselves more stress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah it causes dna damage but also um what it can do is prevents the immune response to dna damage oh heck not ideal so, yeah like our immune systems try to take care of that kind of thing but uva is like nope you're not <laughs> that's interesting i never considered the immune system as something that would be a defender against sunburn when i think of the immune system i think you know viruses and sickness Mm. and poisoning not radiation and burns and that type of damage yeah well the immune system is kind of there to take care of anything that shouldn't be there so i mean yeah it's great against foreign things like viruses and bacteria but also cancerous cells they shouldn't Mm. be there that's not healthy and so your immune system takes care of that too and so, yeah, your immune system is trying to take care mm. of, of things like DNA I mean, it's damage. Just damage repair in general, right? Mm. That's the. Yeah, right. So the immune system has, for want of a better word, systems in place for that particular type of damage. I'm imagining like yeah. some immune cells coming down as little firefighters and spraying some cooling <laughs> shit on the burnt cells to kind of like, there, there, that's right, simmer down. The emergency services collectively, you know. <laughs> The immune system is triple zero. It can be the firefighters, the ambos, and the the cops. Paramedics. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, yeah. They they just take care of things. But, yeah, um, so that's why, um, you know, UVB and UVA are not great. They cause damage to your Mm. cells and aging. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So we want to protect against that. And so Mm -hmm. enter sunscreen. Woo! Um, Sunscreen is a very recent invention in terms of the broad history of humanity. Mm, and we've actually. often been, you know, I say we've gotten by, you know, obviously previous civilizations didn't fare as well as us in terms of mortality rates and things like that. And knowledge wasn't as big, but we've gotten by up until this point with, you know, shade and clothing and hats and all of that good stuff. Mm. When did sunscreen- and ozone layer. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a good factor as well. Yeah, a <laughs> lack of Earth's sunscreen. Mm. Um, I forget what point I was trying to make with that, or what question um, I was leading to. Sunscreen is recent. Sunscreen is sunscreen is recent. What makes it better? How did it come about? How did it get discovered? Mm. 
what, why, when, where, how. I mean, sunscreen as a white thing called sunscreen in a tube um, is probably recent, but there is there is almost certainly indigenous, ancient indigenous forms of sun protection that have been used for so much longer than, you know, uh, yeah. white people often want I to acknowledge. I guess you could say any um, screen from the sun is a sunscreen, no, whether it's a shirt yeah, and or I mean, a shade. Or clothing, a, right? Like yeah. clothing is, but that's an interesting one in that I think clothing, I don't know, I always thought that just like clothing was just far superior to sunscreen always and like was going to be the better option and most protective but then like from I did a small amount of reading on it it's like it's depending on the color of the material and also just like the weave of the material how loose it is how tight it is and like something like a a simple white t-shirt can Mm. be as low as SPF of five which you know we Mm. will dive into sort of what that means later but you know I think we all kind of understand that as like a rating of how protective something is and like I think we also understand like a lot of people would kind of have the concept of you know a black t-shirt versus a white t-shirt in the hot Mm. sun like one's Mm. gonna heat up much more Mm. so the black one will because it's just sort of like blocking all of that and then you look at material as well compare wearing a rashy down at the beach with that really kind of light um, quick drying material versus wearing like a mm. heavy cotton shirt or something down at the beach. And there's definitely a distinct difference with how your body reacts to the sun because of how much mm. energy it's either absorbing or reflecting. But the color is an interesting point, like black and how we all are like, you know, black gets warmer and mm-hmm. like we know that. But that's, I think like that's an interesting almost like in terms of how sunscreen mm. works in that we know that black clothes get hot. Um, and that's because like all of the, you know, electrons and the, you know, the chemicals in the black dye absorb the visible light from the sun, which mm. makes them excited. And then they kind of relax again and release that energy as heat. Mm-hmm. And that's what the black dye molecules in the black clothing is doing. And that's kind of what sunscreen does, but instead of with visible light, it's with the UV light, right? Like that's, mm. that's how sunscreen Huh. works it's just kind of like a dye that is manipulated to absorb that uv part of the spectrum rather than the visible light part of the spectrum hmm. um although maybe we should bring up i'm getting ahead point. of myself yeah. absolutely here i just you know you're blowing my yeah. mind a little bit there <laughs> yeah 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 let's sorry let's i feel like i've just backtrack a little i feel bit. like yeah. i've got a novel in my hand and i've just flicked forward a couple of chapters and looked at the first <laughs> sentence of a chapter and be like oh no that's that's I need some, I need some. No, I was just thinking about black clothing and why it gets warm. And I was like, oh, Mm. um, same, same thing. But okay. Yeah. No, rewind, rewind. So (laughs) So things protect you from the sun. Sunscreen. Mm. Do you want to give us like a. A brief history of. A a brief history. I can't give you a history. (laughs) I can give you a 101 on what sunscreen is. Maybe not a history. Sunniest, um, junior. (laughs) Discovered, Um, no. (laughs) So sunscreen essentially has two parts. You've got the active ingredients. Yeah. Um, and I say ingredients because most sunscreens have more than one active mm. ingredient, um, mm-hmm. but usually they have like six or more. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're trying to that, – that's that's why it's it's really important to get – Is that a, the like broad spectrum yeah. thing? Like so each active ingredient is going to cover sort of a different uh, – Part curve. of the UV spectrum. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because um, remember, we were talking about UVA and UVB. Mm. Um, there are some sunscreens that block, or some active ingredients that block UVB, 
and there are some that block UVA, mm-hmm. but that's why it's important to have a broad spectrum sunscreen so that you're blocking both. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so you've got the active ingredients and then you also have the emulsion. So that's the stuff like water and all the oils, yeah. which mm. we'll get to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, those things, they help with the smell, the fragrance, the feel, the water resistance, and they like mm. essentially mm. are just there to carry the active ingredients. The bit that so, makes it nice to actually put on our skin and use yeah. effectively. Yeah, they make it like nice and smooth and creamy and mm. sometimes <laughs> smelling nice. Um, <laughs> I love it when, you know, someone's like, oh, you smell so good. And you're like, yeah, it's sunscreen. The sunscreen. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, I do love a sunscreen that smells mm, nice though. Yes. Like- yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, so in terms of active ingredients, you can have UV absorbers and UV mm. reflectors. And I know mm. Kate and I were like talking about this just before we recorded and mm. um, we can chat about like the difference because UV reflectors kind of absorb too. But yeah, yeah. I feel like that as far as my understanding is that that's a bit of like a, a, misnomer. a misnomer. Yeah. yeah. But it, like, it is a nice way to kind of separate them. You can also yeah. separate them as organic and inorganic. But, you know, we're not talking about organic like in the supermarket or like, organic produce. Yeah. Essentially, organic it just meaning just you carbon. have a carbon, like <laughs> yeah. like the chemistry version not. of organic, yeah. as opposed yeah, to yeah, exactly. They're big, just yeah. carbon-containing compounds, often with all the like. I remember it being my and... least favorite unit in year eleven. So, <laughs> <Cool>. and <laughs> then like the inorganic ones are like you know zinc Metals oxide, like yeah, titanium oxides. oxide, kind of. Um, I've also heard it called like physical sunscreens and chemical sunscreens, mm. where chemical is the organic ones and then the physical, which is like, because they reflect, so they act physically rather than chemical, which absorbs, which is also just feels incorrect yeah. because they're both, it's it's a chemical process that involves absorption both ways. When you say that differently. zinc comes to mind for me, I'm sure we'll go down a rabbit hole of zinc later, but zinc, metal, metal shiny, metal reflect, put zinc on self, reflect off sun. I mean, yeah, kind of. Like <laughs> I, I think I read something or saw something that where it was like, you know, the physical ones act more like a shield, whereas the mm. chemical ones sink into your skin and act like a sponge. So or am like, I right in saying that Some people that saying sunscreen is... versus sunblock, where sunscreen is the chemical ones that absorb and sunblock sits ah. on top like the zinc mm. and reflects. I don't know. There's so much. But either way, they're like still both screens because if you think about sunscreen, yeah. it literally is just like a screen. If you think of a fly screen, like, yeah, okay, maybe you've stopped big flies coming through, but like tiny ones might still get through or like dust will still get through. Like mm. sunscreen is not a complete shield. And I think that's yeah, always important not, to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, difference between screen and block, we could just be getting into the semantics here, but yeah. screen is a noun and block is a verb. A screen blocks. That's what a screen does, right? I mean, you can view I mean, a block as screen, a noun as well. You can verb. You can yeah, screen. You can screen True. things and shifts and things. Yeah. Egg on <laughs> my face. <laughs> You're done goofed. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's all just like humans struggling to explain yeah. it. Yeah. But um, language is hard. <laughs> language, language is, is hard. hard. <laughs> to go back to like the the broad like absorbers versus reflectors, though. Mm, or but like, there there is a distinction between yeah. them. Um, the absorbers, what they do is they they take up, they absorb the UV radiation, um, yep. and what they do is they convert it into low level heat, heat, but yeah. like heat that you don't really feel. But some people, like some some people, do comment anecdotally that they do feel warm when they're wearing know. sunscreen. But I, like that's I anecdotal. Read- 
Yeah. Mm. I read something that like the you you wouldn't feel it because the amount of heat is so tiny it compared is, yeah. to the amount of heat that you're getting from everything else. Like if you converted all of the UV hitting your skin into heat, it would go up by less than one degree Celsius. Yeah, like, it's really it's not a, not a enough lot. for you to actually perceivably feel warm. But, but some people claim they do. So you know, that's like I said, whack. anecdotal. I had yeah. no idea not- that that's how sunscreen works. So it absorbs. Well, how does that work with like? conservation of energy like if it absorbs the heat or the energy coming in from the uv and then dissipates it what happens to the rest of it if the amount of heat it's dissipating is a negligible amount or Wait, am i misunderstanding it's, so it, it takes the uv it takes yeah. the ultraviolet wavelength wibbly wobbly yeah. you know excited energy right yeah. the right wavelength comes because yep. like each each particular active ingredient is also going to be like it's almost that lock and key now like it it specific wavelengths are needed for specific you know chemicals or whatever right yep. so then the right wavelength will come along and then the it of like uv light the electrons in this like sunscreen molecule will absorb this uv energy yeah and now that they have the energy they're all like you know excited right yep. which is i love that excited is actually like like the scientific yeah yeah right yeah um but then that's really unstable so they want to like get rid of that again right so they yeah. want to like get that shit so they they release it but they don't release it back out as uv they release it out as heat instead okay. i think matt and, right? and a nice way to think of it because you were talking sort of about that conservation of energy it is yeah. one energy being changed into another mm. so you're going okay. from light to heat yeah. So that, that's, okay. that's what you're, yeah. you're doing. Yeah. You're just changing light into a different type of energy. So it's heat, but it's just not a lot of heat. So the damaging factor of UV is not the heat that is created from it. It's an no. aspect of the light itself. No, how, it's how the, does, the light. Yeah. Is, do you know, could you explain how the UV actually damages it, the cells? I think it can ionize the... Um, molecules within the cells and then also you were saying about the dna Mm. yeah that's right the dna so you you create your cells start to create a lot of um we call them like toxic radicals or toxic molecules that are Mm. um you know we we produce them all the time in our cells Mm. but we usually clear them pretty quickly um but yeah you're, you're producing a whole lot of these stress molecules or these toxic molecules and that just yeah, damages your DNA and damages your protein. Mm. And um, I think something else that's that's really interesting is that the more you are exposed to to that kind of light, um, the UV light, the more you start to produce um, a, a particular group of proteins whose job it is to break down collagen and elastin. Mm. So collagen mm. is probably something you're familiar with. It's like, you know, people have the collagen face masks. I think and I took it as a supplement <laughs> once upon a time. Um, and elastin as like, you know, elastic. it helps your skin be elastic and flexible. Um, mm. So if you're producing a whole lot of these proteins that whose job it is, is to break down these, these things in our skin that keep our mm. skin like, you know, Young healthy. And healthy. Yeah. Um, that means that you're going to be aging your skin much faster. Yeah, okay. And I guess, Matt, like, if you think about it, like, it's it's interesting because we think it's the heat, right, that's doing the damage because that to us is something that we consciously can perceive and associate with pain. Like, we have this this understanding that if we touch something that's hot, it's doing us damage, it's painful, it's bad. 
Um, and so, and more often than not, we get sunburn on hot days as well. So we might just mm, well because with more more sun comes more heat as well as more light. Yeah. But like if you think about something like a painted table or something that sits out in the sun or sit or you expose something to light a lot, that paint will break down and it'll fade. Like light yeah. does damage as well. We just don't have that same pain association with it. Okay. Um, but you can also yeah. get sunburn at the snow. It's pretty cold. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, mm. you're getting a lot the of the reflection reflected. of the and that's light. Purely of just the, from the light. I have had goggle burn <laughs> from the snow before. Absolutely, yeah. you can you can get sunburnt on cloudy days. I have a mm. memory of one time we were down at um in in Bus Arcade and we went for mm. that motorbike ride and. It was, you know, a kind of semi-warm day, but not super hot. So I was mm. being dumb and just wearing a T-shirt. And I was like, oh, it's cloudy. I'll be fine. Mm. I got back mm. and had, like, mm. some of the worst sunburn I'd gotten in in so long, like, to the point of and blistering. teach your motorcycle safety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's why the Cancer Council's like, please, 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 just wear sunscreen always, every day of the year. It doesn't matter if it's a hot or cold because, yeah, the UV index is so different to the temperature, the thermostat. Mm. Now I I I'll be I'll I'll make a confession here on the podcast. I'm not a as good of a little science man as I should be, and I honestly don't wear sunscreen as much as I should, even though I work outside and in the sun a lot. I, I wear a wide hat, and usually the extent of what I'll do is I'll put a bit of zinc on my nose because I find that cops it pretty bad. But mm -hmm. as I've been working outside more, I've developed far more of a tan on the parts of my body that get exposed to the sun, and I've found the more that I tan, the less that I seem to burn. But when we were talking about um, the types of UV damage earlier, you put tanning in the same bracket as burning. So is tanning just medium rare sunburn? Is, <laughs> um, is there a so level of protection gained by the melanin or whatever it is in my skin from tanning and being more exposed to the sun? Yeah, remember if we just like backtrack right to the beginning and we were talking about, you know, the, the videos where you see people under the UV mm. light um, and you can see all the spots on their face, even yeah. the spots that you can't see as freckles or whatever, like we have spots that are invisible to us as well um, where we've got melanin, melanin, just like, you know, because that's, that's trying to mitigate sun damage as well and, and mm. block the sun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the, the more you do it, the more melanin you get. Like, yeah. ideally, the less you're going to sunburn. And that's why darker-skinned people, because they have more melanin, they burn less. Whereas, like, mm. you know, all my Scottish rallies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think all three of us uh, uh, have enough Scottish in us. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank but you, like, Vietnamese side. <laughs> I think that's a um, an interesting point to mm. like dwell on though that like everyone does have a different tolerance essentially for yeah. sun and like I think this this links to SPF which I kind of want to talk about because I think that's really interesting and what that like rating means um because that's something that is essentially tailored to your own tolerance like it's not just yeah. like a cookie cutter this particular cream will protect you this amount or mm. for this amount of time for this whatever it's dependent on the person and that's factored in kind before of before you talk about spf though i mm. i feel like because matt you just mentioned zinc and we mm. didn't actually say what the oh, true, oh, yeah. true we didn't say the, what the uv the reflectors do inorganic <laughs> Reflectors, physical, yeah. How do they yeah, work? Like mm -hmm. zinc oxides and and titanium. Yeah, yeah, and what, yeah, what, yeah. What makes? Why does everyone rant and rave about zinc? Why is it so <laughs> much, 
so much um, better, supposedly. Am I just putting little mirrors on my skin? Am I turning myself into a walking disco ball? That's like (laughs) tired as fuck, if that's true. Yeah, Yeah. will do. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially they they, abs- they absorb a little bit. That's why Kate and I were like, yeah, they, they, they do kind of absorb. Mm. So they do kind of absorb UV light, but then they scatter it back out. So instead of keeping it on you as, as very, very low-level heat, mm. heat, that's mm. not plural, <laughs> it, just, it just goes, goes right. back out. As simple as that then. Are there any other um, reflective yeah. types of sunscreen or block um, other than zinc or is zinc your main one? Do you, do you know what makes it? Do they just crush up the metal and put it in a paste? And well, no, it's, a, there... it's a it's made into like a zinc oxide, and then I think titanium oxide is the other. Um, so You're it's right. kind of you have all these little you know zinc balls of zinc molecules and all these little like oxygen kind of ones smushed together in like almost a I don't know a lattice structure like yeah. a mm. thing smushed together. Um, as you can imagine, um, so it's different to. Like the organic ones, which, you know, are carbon and have bonds between them and the way that they work is, you know, the different combinations and spacing of bonds affects what it can absorb. Mm. But they're not like a line. Oh, sorry. Like the organic ones are like a line that you can kind of draw lines between. Whereas you can think of the the inorganic ones more as like a a block of balls smushed together. <laughs> a cluster. I don't know. It's this. Is, I'm trying to do something visual with words and it's not, because I'm like, I have a very clear, if I could draw, if I could like Khan Academy chain style mail. right now. It's like chain like, mail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, all linked okay. together. It's just yeah. a very different shaped molecule. And it just, instead of using carbon and carbon bonding ability to absorb light and turn it into heat, it absorbs the light and then bounces the light back out. Goes, yep. yes, mm-hmm. go this way, yes, that makes sense. go that way. <laughs> yeah, In. okay. Go that way. Um, Do we know if one particular type is any more effective than the other type, or are they just kind of Well, I mean, because there's, the there's different place. ranges, and I mean, this is where we can go into oh, SPF, yeah, SPF as well, and, in terms of, yep. like, you know, SPF is how we decide what is effective and what isn't, or what's how we rate it, sorry. It stands for sun protection factor, I believe. Um, Whereas, no, but for clothing, it's not SPF, it's UPF, which is ultraviolet protection factor, which I just, I don't know why that's a thing and it made me mad, so I had to make a comment about it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I don't know. Kat, do you want to, do you want to give us the SPF? Uh, Sure, sure. and I guess you can jump in because you've clearly just like read about it um but essentially it's it's a measure of how much uv is still being absorbed by you you can think of it that way it's it's essentially like a fraction so if you take spf 30 what that means is a 30th of the uv that usually would get to you and and penetrate your skin like only a 30th now does Mm. if you wear it properly (laughs) Yeah, the way that I read that they did it was like in terms of time. Like it's a, yeah. it's a it's a time measurement, right? So like if you're sitting in or like the way they test it in the lab is they shoot they it's not the sun. They shoot like a light at human skin that's like let's say the equivalent of like 10 minutes in the sun is this like light and so if you with your or like if me with my very white gets burnt looking at a picture of the sun uh skin you know i'm exposed to let's say normal sunlight for 10 minutes with no sunscreen on and like that's when i start to go pink if i put 
SPF 30 on there, then it'll be 30 times the amount of time it will take for me to get that same pink. So 30 times, 10 minutes, 300 minutes, so five hours. So yeah, SPF 30 will buy me five hours. Yeah. Um, just so looking at it. That um, The time thing worked conceptually for my brain. I really yeah. liked that. I was like, that's a good way of thinking about it. Um, yeah. Um, it's and, cool how and they're both the time, related. I'd love to see the equation. A little bit. Oh, sorry, Matt. It's a cool way to think of it as two different things and how they seem to be completely related to each other. I can't remember what the word is for when two things are related like that, but I feel like it would fit into an equation that can be rearranged and I want to mm-hmm. see the equation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you yeah. if you think of it my way and like my way. Your way. <laughs> I came up with it. But the, this way. <laughs> are you team but, but the way, or team the way that I'm talking about it as like a fraction or the percentage of, of mm. how much UV is, is getting to you. Um, the difference between SPF 30 and 50 is actually not that much because if you think mm. about it, like so mm. a 30th um, versus – um, a 50th, the difference is only 1.3% um, as to like how much UV you're still getting to you. Mm, mm. Um, but if you multiplied that out by like, you know, the number of minutes, it could actually mean a little bit more. So if you are going to spend more time in the sun, yeah, SPF 50 is like, you know, mm. good. But in terms of, you know, if you just broke it down to, to minute by minute, mm. the mm. difference isn't that much. But then there's also kind of the misconception that if you had like, let's say SPF 30 and SPF 15, um, that you only need to then use half the amount of 30 as you would use with 15 uh. Uh, sunscreen wise. And because, and that's often like that myth is, I think, fueled by like often the ones that are really high SPF come in like really small little tubes that mm. are more expensive. And then the, the lower ones come in like big tubs. And so it's like, oh, I can afford to spend more money on a smaller one because it's more effective. So I don't need as much of it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm. You're actually like financially better off spending like buying the like more amount of the lower SPF and just yeah. like. But maybe not 15 I think, I think not 50, usually, no, I usually 30, we recommend 30 plus. <laughs> I picked 30 and 15 because 15 is half of 30 and it's easy maths. <laughs> I was cheating. Remember when SBF 30 was the top shit? Nothing could beat SBF 30. And when they dropped SBF yeah, 50, yeah. everyone was like, whoa, God tier sunscreen, SPF Damn. 50. Is there and higher then a friend than came now? back from Malaysia with like SPF 100. And it's like, yeah, but the bit. What's the point at that point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like, diminishing returns is... Yeah. is well, uh, I want to be out in the sun for 100 minutes and not really. But then, like, also you... Okay, so there there is that kind of factor, but then also that's in a lab situation where you're just kind of, like, sitting there, right? Like, in... If you're at the beach, right, you're swimming, you're sweating, sand is, is exfoliating the, you know, sunscreen mm. off you. Like, don't be like, oh, I've got SPF 100, I only need to put it on once at the start of the day and then just, like, not worry about it. Like, that's not how it fucking works. Like, you still need to apply every couple of hours you need to factor in that like the world things happen um entropy you know entropy the sunscreen will just keep (laughs) it will become disordered yeah but oh my gosh okay so we've talked so much about like sunscreen and we haven't talked at all about like what you do uh cat and you're like you know uh your story and why you do like because i want to talk about that as well because that's you know. It's a fun, fun story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so do okay. you want to like, yeah. How do you, how does it? your research fit into the world of sunscreen? What um, do you do? 
Well, <laughs> tell us the story. I study immune cells. Um, yep. And if you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, which you should definitely have done, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you'll know, like, you know, I'm all about T cells and, and things like that. But essentially, if you haven't listened, finish mm. listening to this and then go back. And then go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I work on a very specific immune cell and that's kind of what my main focus is for, was for my whole PhD. Mm. Um, but Which during- you now graduated from. Thank you yeah. very much, Dr. Cat. <laughs> oh, congratulations, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. There's oh, a doctor I'll- in the house. I yeah, need to yeah. remember to put that in the um, episode title when yeah. we're saying we're featuring you. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. Thanks, Cade. Um, yeah, so I, I was already studying this, this group of immune cells that react to oils. Now, if you remember, I brought up the fact that sunscreens mm. are made of active ingredients as well as the emulsifiers. So that's the water and the oils. Mm. Um I think in my first year of my PhD, like towards the end as well, because like we were, this was actually a lab trip. <laughs> Coincidentally. That's even funnier. Yeah, actually. it is. It is kind of funny. Like um, I, we went to Wilson's prom and um, the first day I like lathered up with this new sunscreen. Essentially, I just like quickly bought um, a new sunscreen before going on this trip. And um, it was, I'd used the brand before. I won't say what brand it is, but I, I'd used um, that particular brand before and it'd been fine. Um, but this new, like, type of sunscreen, um, it just, it was fine the first time I wore it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. time I wore it, I started to get a rash. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I kept getting more and more allergic reactions to it. And so oh. as someone who studies T cells, which is a very specific type of immune cell, they're responsible in terms of allergy for not immediate responses, but for responses over time. And so they never respond the first time you're exposed to something that well, and that's the whole idea with vaccination. Mm, like mm. You, you, they don't respond that quickly the first time you're exposed to something. But um, a second exposure, bam, they're in there. They're fighting. Mm. That's why we get vaccinated. Um, so I had this allergic reaction to a sunscreen. And being an immunologist, instead of just being like, oh, I think I'll never use this again. <laughs> I, I, you were like, I want to know why, but yeah. like very, very specifically why. Yes. I emailed the company, um, and, and said, Oh, I, by the way, I'm a biomedical researcher and I'm, I'm just very, very curious. Like I, I don't want to refund or anything. I, I just honestly want to see the list of ingredients because they don't have to print. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, not all the ingredients in your sunscreens are printed. They only yeah. have to print the active ingredients and preservatives. There you go. Um, so they, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, yeah. Are you the regulatory body that made this decision? I, <laughs> Tell me why. No, I'm not the TGA. Wait, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Therapeutic it would be. I think, I think. Australia. Sunscreen technically counts as like, you know, yeah. a, a drug because it protects against illness, right? Which yeah. is skin cancer. Um, but yeah, so they, they sent me this list and I like, I literally was just scouring and comparing the sunscreens that I'd used before versus this one. And there were three ingredients that did not fit. Um, so three ingredients in this new sunscreen. And one of them 
was it? It was like we're solving a murder mystery. I'm yeah. putting you in a room with like a whole wall and like red, red strings yes. and pins being like, right, here are my three key suspect ingredients. Yeah. Let's well, I did go. use I did use a red marker. Of course you did. That's amazing. <laughs> um so one was an oil and I just like looked up its chemical structure and it had the mm-hmm. right kind of chemical structure that was mm-hmm. very similar to an oil in poison ivy that we know uh, as um, activating the very immune cells that I work on. Yeah, yeah. So it had the right oh. kind of shape to activate the very immune cells I work on and potentially in a way very similar to the way we react to poison oak and poison ivy. Okay. Um, I don't know if you knew that bit, Kate, the like, no, poison ivy link. No, I didn't. Huh. Um, why, the, why the hell are they putting poison? I mean, I know they're not putting poison <laughs> ivy in it, but why are they putting poison ivy in it? Well, give it the thumbnail clickbait treatment. Yeah. <laughs> There's poison ivy in your, in your, in your sunscreen. sunscreen. No, that's that's not true. Um, yeah. Well, I, like, you know, there are lots of things that are very chemically similar. And I this is a rabbit mm. hole here. But um, mm. if you think about your left and right hands, they're mirror images of each other, right? You can have molecules that mm. are literally like identical but just mirror image. So they're mm. not quite quite the same they don't quite mm. interact the same way with your body one's beneficial one's harmful mm, like the evil twins yeah of like, yeah it's oh, the evil twins of chemistry um, <laughs> someone write a fanfic about that like, um, there's a story there. so yeah like they're they're similar but like they're dissimilar enough that that you wouldn't necessarily suspect that that mm-hmm. this is going to be harmful for people yeah. um so i looked up this this oil um, and it was $5 for a bottle on Amazon. So I bought a bottle, um, <laughs> as you do. So you just um, bought the, the raw chemical yeah, that just gave the, you just the, the rash. Yeah, the raw oil. Just like, what's poisoning me and where can I get more of it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> what just happened. Man, yes. fucking scientists. <laughs> that is what I did. And um, I, I had the immune cells and I whacked the oil in there with them and the immune cells were activated and they're like, ah, no. Um, so that kind of What's poisoning me? me? Where can I buy more of it so I can throw it at some other immune cells? Did you Not use immune your cells own? on my body though. Yeah. Did, did you like dish. extract In them from yourself or did you have a different <laughs> sample lying around? Yeah, because you... I was already studying these immune cells. Like I had just cells. Coincidentally, had some hanging cells. around of the exact right uh, cell for this yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all very coincidental. Um, but, yeah, they, they were activated and, um, yeah, that, that led to a whole research project looking at, oh, are there oils and sunscreens and skincare products that, that can trigger these allergic responses to, you know, in, in some people and, and why? Um, and simultaneously, um, our collaborators over in Harvard, they also found um, similar structured chemicals that, are also in like shampoos and other cosmetic products that that mm. trigger a reaction with the very same immune cells. So um, that kind of you know us working together, we're like, oh, there's like actually several of them. Mm. There you go. So then next the next year at the lab Christmas party, like we all didn't have much sunscreen on us, and my supervisor just like the lab head put out a sunscreen. Mm. I looked at the ingredients, and it actually was listed oh, on this yeah. one, and I was like. Okay. No are you allowed to? <laughs> are you allowed to disclose what the ingredient is in case other people are allergic to it, or is that kind of a? 
I mean, I, I, I can, but uh, the thing, like, because because I tell my story and people are like, oh, so yeah. what should I be avoiding and things like that. And yeah. um, what's very important to remember is that I'm not a dermatologist, so okay. I can't tell people what they can and can't use in terms yeah. of sunscreen. I don't know what people are allergic to and what they're not. Um, so, yeah, like the, the oil is alkabenzoate, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to now go off and avoid all sunscreens that have that in it. Mm. And you yeah. won't even know all the sunscreens maybe that I have I feel that in information it. is useful to know, though, just in case there are listeners out there who found they have had allergic reactions to some sunscreens or skincare products and, like, I don't know why this is happening. Check if your sunscreen has... What did go you to say a dermat- it was? If, if you're yeah. having, like, you know, severe <laughs> allergic skin reactions, though, my official advice is go yes. to a dermatologist. That is also my okay. official advice. Um, don't, <laughs> don't, take it from me. don't take it from our podcast. Well, don't hear from take take advice from strangers on the internet. What? No, no, <laughs> what? don't do that. Our, but our advice, advice is also take, that, to take the advice to not take advice. Yeah, because mm. mm-hmm. mm. um, yeah, it could a... be the other one, which was um, Balm of Peru, or it could like you know, it could be a whole number of different things. And like some people are allergic to like peptides, which are the derivatives of, of protein. So it, it couldn't mm. it could be not an oil, but something else. So you know, you c- you can't just sort of be like, ah, oh, so cat can't have alkabenzoate, so that means, mm, yeah. That means they're all bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, oh, it's, my it's God, safe. my son is like, allergic to peanuts. Clarify. No one should eat peanuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, mm. it's an Yeah, I think there are, like, thing. what, 12 different things that people can be allergic to in peanuts? Damn. Mm, okay, yeah. I did not know that, but that makes a lot of sense. It's not just essence of peanut that people are allergic to. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's, that's a... <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, heck. That's funny. That's but, a digression. Yeah, it, was, it was a very, like, coincidental, exciting discovery for me, except for the fact that um, there's a photo of me in my thesis looking real bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> I love just and also allergy. that you have a photo of your own, like, your own skin in is in the thesis yes in the thesis yeah um, i wonder it could it could be too much of a tangent to jump into this but it raises an interesting question for me is it better to get sunburnt or subject yourself to this rash and not get sunburnt if you are given only those two options outdoor mm. no shade you don't have anything to cover yourself all they have is a bottle of sunscreen that you know you're allergic to what do you do hmm on a desert island, you yeah, have one thing it's, and it's a it's bottle of It's the whole, it, like, long-term it, damage versus immediate discomfort. D- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a bit of an unrealistic hypothetical, mm. but I don't know. The question came to my mind, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it, it was a choice that um, I had to, to make sometimes, but, um, mm. yeah, that's why I kept putting stuff on my skin that, that might make me a little bit irritated. Um, but, you know... I like to be good and wear my sunscreen. <laughs> Short-term mm. pain for long-term gain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but you know, you, you find what works for you. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's that's what's important. And luckily there is just, like, such a huge range of sunscreens that exist. That, <laughs> yeah, there um, really is. So I still use the same brand. Although, you know, it's funny, like, after all this, like, they, they then sent me um, they, they asked for a little bit of a back just to, just to test. And they sent me a letter afterwards that were like, yeah, it was fine. Um, and I was like, yeah, it probably is just me reacting to it. Like yeah. it's probably nothing wrong with the sunscreen. Mm. Um, but they it's also sent you, me a little me. pamphlet of 
how to properly apply sunscreen as if I didn't know. I was like, that's so condescending. Oh my gosh. The passive aggressive. What? Oh. Like that wasn't the issue. Oh my gosh. Especially because you told them that you were like a biomedical researcher and like, heck, that's, that's so rude. That's a little bit funny. <laughs> oh dear. Well, oh my gosh. I look, we've talked a lot about sunscreen. Um, I know we've got we've, we've got more to talk about sunscreen. Um, yes. So, I guess actually we haven't we haven't really mentioned and we probably should for all the listeners just so that they're aware. Uh, Matt is a bloody champion right now, sitting here recording <laughs> this episode because Matt has COVID. Uh, As of right time, right <laughs> yesterday, right this moment, um, and uh, just it like, finally you know, got me. I've avoided it like the plague. We normally do such a little like update on how everyone's going COVID wise, I and mean, it's just been going on so long now that we've forgotten. But this is a fairly noteworthy one. Um, mm. Gosh, yeah, yeah, um, it's 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 fine. It's fine. I think I'm. It hasn't hit me as hard as it's hit other people. Mm. I'm I'm more I'm more just annoyed because I was doing so well. First yeah. time I've gotten it since the yeah, start no, of the pandemic. Well I was triple vaxxed and I really wanted to get the fourth one because I knew another wave was coming around, but I'm still too young to be eligible to get my fourth vax. Yeah. So that's that's so, right. Merry Christmas. Have yeah. some COVID. Have some COVID. <laughs> literally you know like just finished up work and then tested positive <sighs> for COVID at the start of my break. And I was kind of no. like, ah, I guess I'll be in pain for holidays. That's that's fine. That's <laughs> Real sad. That's real sad. And because my heart breaks for you and I feel bad for you and it's the last episode of the year and, you know, picking a listener question, I thought I'd throw you a bone. Um, <laughs> ask me a question, Matt, or, or ask both of us. Ask us a question. You've got, it, it's, it's all yours. The stage is yours. <laughs> what, what more do you want to know? What can we tell you? Let us help you out here. Working out in the country, I find I meet a lot of people who have a lot of alternative opinions on various health advice and medical mm -hmm. advice, particularly around the disease that I currently have. It's, I don't know if you call it a disease, virus, yes, it's whatever. it's a disease. It's a disease? All <laughs> COVID right. is the disease. COVID-19 COVID is the disease that I currently have. SARS-CoV-2 is the virus. Another Throw one back to that COVID. <laughs> I've noted, I've heard a couple of people say it, but haven't played it, paid it much mind, but it was said again to me recently, is the refusal of a lot of folk to wear sunscreen because they claim that it causes cancer. Like one person has said to me, they refuse to wear sunscreen because that stuff scares fish. Like they'll jump in while they're fishing and the fish all swim away from them as soon as they've got sunscreen in the water. I've heard reports of sunscreen and the various chemicals in it supposedly affecting barrier reefs and being bad for them. And if you're going snorkeling, again, because it scares fish, all of the fish will swim away from you because the stuff that's in it is supposedly toxic for marine life. And then and also it's not claims, like, oh, scary human? No, no, it's the sunscreen. <laughs> it's the sunscreen. Um, but yeah, another person claimed to me recently that, yeah, no, there's a, a sunscreen causes more cancer than the sun does. And he's tried to cite a bunch of papers to me and research that was done that supposedly was done by various cancer councils that some of the leading causes of cancer, skin cancer, was in fact sunscreen and not um the the actual sun and that um 
And I didn't have anything to combat these people with <laughs> off the dome because when people talk to me about that kind of stuff, I usually just kind of go, oh, yeah, okay. whatever, mate. <laughs> whatever you say, you know. But I want to know, surely, you know, even the worst misinformation sometimes comes from a grain of, of truth. So where might have these, what I assume mm. to be false ideas, have come from? What... Is there any validity to what these people are saying? I, I know I listed a few things in a row there, but sunscreen bad oh. question mark to shorten it. <laughs> Short answer, no, sunscreen, not bad. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I think um just and and I know Kate, you've you've been looking into this as well, but like before we actually dive into any of the specifics, I think what's really important to note is that just because so so where the grain of truth may be, if you want to call it that, or like where these ideas may have come from is the fact that like the FDA, um, the, the environmental protection authorities and, and like, you know, higher bodies, like the, the you know, are, are valid and, and very trustworthy, like they want more evidence and they want more information about certain chemicals that are in sunscreens. And I think what's important to know is them wanting more information does not mean that they're bad. Mm. Okay. It means that we just don't know enough um, or, or we could know more. Um, so I know that there was a, a report um, in the US just in August this year that wanted to look more deeply into the impact on like coral mm. um, and, and particularly like coral fish and anemones um, mm. with particular active ingredients and in sunscreens in a lab at certain concentrations being toxic. But like the question is how much is actually getting into into like the oceans mm. and and salt water and freshwater systems, um, we just don't know. And it's mm. really important that we're not starting to pit human health or public health over environmental health. Like it's, yeah, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a big thing. Um, and the FDA wants to, to, wanted to know a little bit more about certain chemicals. Um, Which and I there's a reason for that. And good and we'll, important. Yeah. Yeah. But I think people like jump on that and go, oh, so it's terrible. But that's not true. So I just thought maybe we should mm. start with that. Mm. Yeah, okay. So is what you're saying that some of this research has shown that some of the chemicals in sunscreen might be, I mean, shown in lab conditions at these concentrations could have bad effects on this marine life, but the amount that might be going into the ocean from your average swimmer snorkeling around isn't going to affect it. It's going to be negligible. Like I mean, we don't, we don't, yeah, we, we don't, we don't know, but okay. like, you know, likely. Um, Cause if you think about how much of it is on your, if you think about just also like volume of water in the ocean in terms of, if you're thinking of mm. sunscreen dissolving into the water, how much it's going to actually absorb into these reefs. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, th yeah, there seems to be as far like, as I can see some, evidence that, you know, we definitely should go further and, and look at this risk mm. in terms of like the whole, did you say that there was evidence that it causes sunscreen causes skin cancer? Because like that's someone, just flat out not true. There is I'm not saying it is. No, I had someone <laughs> the other day tell me that there is evidence and I wanted um, to bring that to the experts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, benzene. Uh, sorry, Ben, what am I saying? Jumping ahead, benzene. Um, is is one of is is a point that I'll get back to, but I was going to say there there has been no study linking um, like 
beauty products like mm. sunscreen to cancer, but there have been so many product, there's so many studies linking UV exposure to cancer. Mm. Like if you want to go, like like there are studies absolutely linking that. There are things that we can kind of extrapolate and be like, oh, mm. we found traces of this particular harmful chemical, which is, you know, in much higher amounts has been shown to be harmful and maybe we can kind of blah, blah, blah. And it's, but it's like taking four or five leaps to get that. There is no study that flat out goes, hey, look at all these people. We gave half of them sunscreen and we gave half of them no sunscreen. And the ones that got sunscreen mm. have cancer or, you know, like that, that, that does, that does not exist. Um, I love when people spread lies on the internet i love disinformation and how it affects yeah. public health um, and our society as a whole it's just doing good things for everyone mm, and everything what i will because what i did find information on because i did look this up like when when you mentioned it to me earlier um mm. and i was like where has this sort of come from and i kind of said mm. benzene before i threw that out because mm. i because i found something that seems to be as far as i can tell like when you when you're having an old google and you know say you've been mm. out on the street and old mate from down the road has just told you that sunscreen causes cancer you're going to come home and you're going to immediately you know google if you'd want to do your own research quote unquote you know sunscreen cancer mm. and like where is this sort of come from in terms of like people then find stuff that helps feed this belief um there seems to have been like a study um one study that came out in 2021 that it was essentially the 2021 version of like, you know, this anti-cancer product actually causes cancer. Because that seems mm. to be like, if you think about it, a common theme of mongering yeah, within the media. Yeah, I've seen that one Meat. a few times. Like it was <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but is that they found benzene, this, this chemical, in a bunch of sunscreens, mm. right? So the study is from a company called Valley Shore. Hang on, it's from a company? Already I'm a bit like... Yeah, um, which is a US-based online pharmacy that essentially mm. brands themselves as the pharmacy that checks. So the whole premise of this online pharmacy is that the FDA doesn't... They believe that the FDA doesn't regulate drugs nearly as closely as they should. And so Valley Shore will test their own products before they sell them, right? So they bought a bunch of products and sent them off to some labs for some testing. Um, is mm -hmm. what they've done here. And so they got, in this particular study, um, they got a bunch of sunscreen and after-sun care products. So I just, that's also important. It wasn't just sunscreen. Um, from 294 batches from 69 different brands. Nice. Um, and they found, yeah, benzene at, like, low parts per million concentrations in 78 of these. So 78 out of 294, uh, most of them were spray sunscreens, but 14 of the batches had more than two parts per million. Remember these numbers, but you know, we'll come back to them. 26 of the batches had 0.1 to two parts per million. 38 of the batches had less than 0.1 and 216 of them had absolutely none. And like two parts per million is, is sort of the upper limit recommended for things like hand sanitizer and medication. So like th this is, these are first of all, tiny, tiny amounts. Um, and I'll kind of get back to how tiny soon, but like, because it wasn't nothing like, I don't know, they kind of, and there's also some dodgy phrasing in the paper that they've they've tried to kind of play up the fear of this a bit, I think. Um, but definitely the media has then jumped on this and gone, 
or heck, because benzene, we know that benzene in high amounts is dangerous. It definitely is. It's not good. I'm not saying that benzene is great and that we should all just like slather a bunch of benzene on ourselves, but like, (laughs) is it actually like, is the amount of benzene that has been found in these sunscreens going to cause cancer? Like, almost certainly (laughs) not but a first like a first misconception that I want to address is that it's like people are like oh okay so it's sunscreen sunscreen's bad and people are taking it and they're latching onto sunscreen and people like oh big you know big sunscreen is adding benzene to these things because it makes like benzene doesn't actually have a purpose here like it isn't a fragrance it doesn't absorb uv like it's not a preservative it doesn't have a function so as they... an active or an well that's the thing it's not being added intentionally by these brands right it's like a trace contaminant right it's it's either right. there because there was an impurity and something else or something happened during the manufacturing May traces of benzene. like it's not you know there wasn't even like consistency in the same there wasn't consistency between brands and there wasn't consistency between batches of the same product even in terms okay. of the amount of benzene like it's not a thing that was, and it wasn't specific to sunscreen because it was there in the uh, after sun care products too. And an earlier study by the same company had found similar things with hand sanitizers. Like it's just a, mm-hmm. a trace contaminant that appears in, seems to appear at these very small amounts in these sorts of products. And both the like, you know, absorbers or the reflectors sunscreens appeared in the list. Like it's not, it's not a specific mm. sunscreen thing, but like that aside, how worried should we actually be about this like tiny amount of benzene that was found in a bunch of sunscreens? Um, so there was a really good video that I will definitely link in the description that went into like a lot of detail, um, on YouTube that was just like, great. The YouTube channel lab muffin beauty science, who she has a PhD in chemistry and she makes these like amazing science education videos on the science of like beauty products. It's just like, it was a cool discovery. Um, (laughs) And she kind of, like, she had a really good video about the, like, this this issue where she hits the nail on the head, I think, in terms of the fear coming from, like, two main places. There are sort of two sort of things that are getting misinterpreted in this report that make benzene sound a lot scarier than it actually is. Because they go, benzene is a known human carcinogen, and they say there's probably no safe level of exposure to benzene. And so those kind of in combination makes it sound like anyone who's had any exposure to even the mm. smallest amount, you know, you're now going to get cancer. Like that's, that's not at all. Like the phrase known human carcinogen is actually a classification from the AR, IARC, which is the International Agency for Research on Cancer. And things essentially are just classified as either known carcinogen, probably carcinogen, possible. Um, like it's, it tells us how much evidence we have of something happening, not how bad it is. Like how much we know, not how bad it is. It doesn't tell us anything about how big that increase is. So like, for example, right, we know that if you're walking next to a dog, that probably is going to increase your chances of being bitten by a dog compared to like not walking next to a dog, right? We also know that punching a dog is going to increase your (laughs) chances of getting bitten by a dog. So they're both known dog bite increases, right? They're both in that same category, but like very clearly different. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the same thing. Um, Just like smoking cigarettes are known human carcinogens or eating processed Mm. meat. But we like, we kind of know that having a cigarette versus eating a slice of salami are not going to 
have the same cancer risk, right? So, like, yeah. the, the choice of phrasing around this, like, categorization is misleading. Um, mm. And then they also say, like, that there's probably no safe level of benzene exposure, which, like, in the context of toxicology, the word safe kind of just means absolutely zero effect. So no safe level, like, doesn't mean that having a tiny amount means is, like, dangerous. Like, these things can add up over time. Yeah. But, like, the more important question is how much uh, is the benzene from sunscreen adding to the overall amount of benzene that we get in day-to-day -day life? Which, like, to contextualize it... Um, Petrol, we inhale it from petrol fumes from just like being in the servo, filling up our car. There's oh, the petrol is like one to three percent benzene, which is ten to thirty thousand parts per million compared to the two parts per million that yeah, were found gotcha. in, or like I think they went up to six parts per million in the highest sunscreen that they found. Um, we get it indoor air, we eat it in food, sometimes it's in water. Like, you know, most of us inhale more day-to-day -day. um and most of the research is about inhaling because the main concern with benzene is industrial exposure most of which is like inhaling so we don't actually have a whole lot of information on on skin absorption and how much actually will get absorbed through the skin and actually get to the blood um but i saw i found one paper estimated they had this scenario this hypothetical worker who put their hand and kind of lower half of their forearms in 1,000 parts per million benzene. So I think it was like a hypothetical wash solvent in this scenario, like a 1% benzene wash solvent. And because this was like a hypothetical worker, um, their skin was damaged. So in the paper it was like, we have assumed that the palmar surfaces are damaged, allowing increased dermal absorption. So we've got a worker with damaged skin sticking their hand for an hour a day in this 1% benzene solution, um, over 40 years, they'd have a relative risk of leukemia of 1.42. So they're just under one and a half times more likely to develop leukemia compared to someone who didn't have that same benzene exposure, right? That's 40 years of an hour a day of your whole hand damaged skin soaking in um, 1,000 parts per million benzene as opposed to, right? Uh, and yeah. then if you drop that down to 100 parts per million, then they go down to 1.03 times the risk of leukemia, which is like nothing. Like 0 0.03 is like, so that's 100 parts per million. The highest sunscreen was six parts per million. So like the chances of it actually having, leading to any sort of significant amount in the blood and having any effect is just like so very low. But the way that this paper was just kind of, you know, it was very reminiscent of, like, there was a whole fear thing about lead in lipstick, if you remember, like, oh, a while ago. <laughs> and they kind of latched on to, like, trace amounts of lead being found in lipstick and that being toxic and dangerous. And it's kind of like this small amount that's in there is, like, in the context of everything. Like, and the other thing in the paper that was just kind of like shifty framing that means kind of suggestive of fear mongering to me is that they quoted like a dermatologist uh, was like, there is not a safe level of benzene that can exist in sunscreen products. And even benzene at 0.1 parts per million in sunscreen products could expose people to excessively high nanograms amount of benzene. And what's hilarious about that is that it does, it's like not at all reflective of what we know about the toxicology of benzene because it's like very high <laughs> nanogram amounts. Like normally we're exposed to amounts that are so high we measure them in micrograms, not nanograms. Like, yeah. you know, a 2010 paper estimated that non-smokers inhale 
kill about 200 to 450 micrograms of benzene a day. Um, and that is really, really tiny compared to the industrial amounts that have been linked to cancer. So the link to cancer, the concrete link to cancer that benzene has is in like massively large industrial amounts being inhaled, not in six parts per million bloody sunscreen on your skin. Um, it's like anti-homeopathy. <laughs> yeah. So people are just like taking a link and a link and a link and a link. And mm. like, there just seemed to be like so much like panic around this study, like when it came out and like, because it was, you know, surveying a whole bunch of brands and it was a whole bunch of like, but it was still like, you know, only like a third of them had any trace amount of benzene. So if you're really, really worried, you can look up the list and pick a brand that had none, but like. But yeah, it's not just that. Like, um, I remember several years ago, everyone was worried about nanoparticles in sunscreens. Mm. Um, but the thing is, yeah, that okay, sure, we might have nanoparticles to help with the delivery of things like zinc oxide or titanium oxide, but the nanoparticles actually don't penetrate like very far into your skin. They only get as far as, mm. remember how I said that you've got lay, like layers of dead cells in your skin? That's as far mm. as they get. So yeah. it's actually fine. Like, sure, these things exist in the products, but the question is how much actually gets into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, and what then, goes like what goes deeper, sunscreen or tattoos? Wait, is that is an it, actual question? It, yeah, it's an actual is it I'm assuming tattoos. I, right? Yeah, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, because you you put yeah. sunscreen over tattoos to stop them fading, right? Yeah. To protect them from the sun. Um, I just find it interesting that a lot, some of the people that have made these claims about sunscreen to me also have tattoos. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, true. Just, uh, it's also know. apparently <laughs> a misconception that tattoos uh, are sun protective. They're not. Um, mm. I I never thought they were, but that was a thing that I came across while mm. looking this up. So, huh? Um, yeah. I, I guess I can see the logic behind it. Well, I mean, but... if we're saying darker skin, more melanin is, you're less likely to get sunburnt. You know, what if you artificially inject that ink? Yeah. Um, but it's uh, the ink doesn't have melanin. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, business idea. <laughs> Kate, you were talking about benzene. Mm. Um, there's also, I don't know if you've heard of oxybenzone, mm. um, but that's another big one that maybe two years ago, so <laughs> clearly every year or so there needs to be like the new scary mm. thing about sunscreen, which is just, it's, insane um but people were worried about oxybenzone and the big reason for that was that um there was a study that showed uh, and this is actually looking inside people now but they were looking at people's blood and the concentration of oxybenzone was higher um in than than they thought so essentially more was getting into Absorbed. our bodies than right. than we thought but that doesn't mean it's bad. So essentially mm. that that's kind of what my point was before with like the FDA wants to know more about it, not mm. because it's bad, but just because they're like, oh, okay, maybe we should, you know, just, Find out just check that it's safe and effective and like it's good for the sunscreen, mm. but also mm. not harmful for you. Um, because essentially it, it can interfere with hormones like estrogen. And there was a, a study that looked in rats and um, they – got the rats to, to feed on food that was not contaminated but, like, had traces of oxybenzone in it. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and the rats that that ate it, they had bigger uteruses. And, like, usually right. increasing yep. the size of anything in your body um, mm-hmm. artificially is not, not great. <laughs> um, 
So there was that, but like ingestion versus like eating something versus yeah. putting it on your skin is different and different. the amount, like, yeah. So, and rats versus humans. Mm. I know that like, you know, Kay, do you study rats as a model of humans? But, yeah, but rats there is are so not many, humans. Like, they're not the same. They're not the same. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think it's just so important to, to think about like where does this information come from? Because as soon as you mm. started talking about the study, the fact that you said it yeah. was a company, well, I was just like, why what? I <laughs> mentioned that because I was like, I think it's important that people yeah. are aware of that, right? Like you need to think about who is funding this research mm. and what interest do they have um, like definitely, I think somehow within the sunscreen seems to be the conspiracy thing, but I, I read something, it was like an ecologist first wrote, like put out a paper about it damaging reefs and marine life and stuff, and then put out a paper about how sunscreen is, you know, causing, uh, birth defects and then put out a paper about how something else that was like not at all ecology science related. Like just kind of you could, if you go back through just the publication history, there's just all of these papers attack, trying to attack sunscreen. And it's like, maybe it all came from like this, you know, innate will to protect the marine life. And he's just really trying to get people to listen. And, but like, you know, it makes you sort of stop and think about maybe what are the motives? Cause you know, we like to think of science as this objective knowledge but like science is done by humans and humans have biases and humans have motives and humans have you know it's that whole thing of science being done with the trying to do tests that meet an already written conclusion mm -hmm. rather than starting with the question and then finding out what the conclusion is so to mm. me this guy's gone in with sunscreen bad now i need to prove that sunscreen bad yeah, yeah. and all of their research kind of being based off that and mm. pushing it out there and ignoring anything that says anything to the contrary. And then people who have that same <clears throat> foregone conclusion will find those little bits of research not knowing any better, cling onto that, ignore everything else and be like, sunscreen bad, look, it mm. in writing. And we'd be like, no, it's bad writing. You're wrong. I'm sorry, but... What advice can you give to someone who might find themselves in a position of someone coming up to them and being like, hey, don't use sunscreen. It's bad because I have this supposed evidence from Dave from the internet. How can you, how can you counter that? What could you say in response to that? I, mean, I think there's a great podcast episode around communicating science. <laughs> I was just about to say you could listen to our booster episode on vaccines about how to psychom on anti-vaxxing. Yeah, Similar sort of, yeah. it's the same sort of yeah. thing, right? It's a big question because it depends on the person. It depends on like your relationship with the person. Like, you, yeah. yeah. The reason behind their fears, yeah. et cetera. So I feel like how there's, there's no one size fits all. Them. Um, yeah. I'm going to need to re-listen to that episode. Tell them to listen to this episode, <laughs> learn all about sunscreen and why it's, you know, um, good. But, yeah, I mean, the I think, you know, yeah, depends on all those things. The best you can do is you know your science and you know that if they try to tell you that these studies exist, um, that. Don't don't let them convince you, I guess, is my advice that would be applicable to all situations, right? You might not be able to convince them and how you would go about doing that would be wildly different, but um, trust in the real science. Yeah. 
And trust in us. We're the only <laughs> reliable source on the internet. If you hear anything from anyone else, no, disregard no, it. No. We are no. right. They are wrong. No. No. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> the, the chasm not coming through enough. The sarcasm not coming through enough. <laughs> well, I'm a doctor now. So, like, obviously. Shit. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm because a white guy with a microphone <laughs> yeah. on the internet. Well, true. So, oh, I don't know who's more of an expert. <laughs> oh, heck. Uh, your powers combined are unstoppable. <laughs> oh, well, fuck. with that, does that tell you everything that you ever wanted to know about sunscreen, Matt? Uh, uh, that's everything I could ever want to know at this moment. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think it's probably a grand time to wrap up this episode, wrap up this season. Three seasons of this show, we're doing well. Oh, shit. You're um, right. That's like am, three years of massive. content. That's huge. That's, you know, heck. Um, we're going to take a well-deserved, well-deserved break. Um, but mm. keep an eye on our socials in terms of news about when we're coming back at you for next season. Um and, you know, in the meantime, we just have, we have a shit ton of content. Like, we have so many episodes, three seasons of episodes for you to just, like, go back and listen to. So, fill your boots. Have fun. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Catriona. Dr. Catriona <laughs> and Robertson for uh, coming on the show and telling us all about sunscreen. Um, shout out for a relatively last minute rope into this. So just thank you so much. Uh, we always My love pleasure. having you here. Um, if we can, anywhere we can find you on the internet, if people want more I'm of all you. over the internet. No, mm, I'm, I'm not really. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at neuroscience, uh, neuroscientist, um, which will have the spelling in the description. Yeah, we will link <laughs> this in the description because it's not spelt. It's not spelled neuroscience. neuroscience. <laughs> um, yeah, or just just look me up with my name, Katrina. Yep. Yeah, we'll chuck it in the description. If you want to find our podcast, if you don't already follow us, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Curiosity Does Twitter, we have a does Patreon. Twitter still exist at the moment? Sorry? Or did Twitter, does Twitter still exist? Twitter still, it's still hanging in there. It's yes, hanging in there. It's, it's a bit of a dumpster community. fire at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, though, like academic Twitter is, I don't know, academics is stubborn. They, they, if academics couldn't tolerate broken systems, they wouldn't be in academia. <laughs> so with that, you can find us at Curiosity Rat on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. Chuck us some cash if you have some and you love what we do and you appreciate it. It helps us keep bringing this good stuff to you. Um, and with that, peace out, homies. Hope you had a grand 2022 and that 2023 is even better to you. Happy holidays. Merry Giftmas. Farewell. Goodbye. So long. Curiosity. Kill the rat. Kill the rat.